The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Huntley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at. Ran down to grab some coffee at the coffee place in the hotel, and I must have jumped in front of a pilot trying to catch the shuttle up to the airport because she's like, why are you up so early? I, I was trying to rush down here, grab coffee. I got a flight to catch, and you jump in front of me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So she was hitting on you a little bit, oh, huh? no, no. No, oh. she was like legitimately like, there's never anyone down there. She has a routine where she comes down around this time, goes up, gets her thing, <laughs> and then going from, I go, where are you going? And she's like, uh, I don't even know. And then she thought about it going to Minneapolis and Kalispell. Piece of advice for you, Johnny. When, when a woman is on a mission in the morning to get a cup of coffee, do not stand between her and the coffee. Open the door for them. Come do on in. Do not yeah. stand between them and the coffee. All right. So it's, uh, you won't drink the station coffee? Well, who makes it? I don't know. I hear you complaining about it all Travis, the time. Travis, I think, makes oh, it down okay. the hall. It's pretty. I've been grabbing a cup downstairs in the lobby. Sometimes they give patrons a free cup, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I grab a cup of it uh, uh, down there and drink on the elevator and stuff on the way up. But um, They never brought the newspaper back, did they? They used to have a free gazette down there when you walked in the, the hotel yeah, the, every the morning. Yeah, the gazettes, uh, the paper was... was uh, I don't, I'm not even sure if they, they put them out at the rooms anymore. They used to be complimentary uh, now because of the e-editions now. And everybody, well, like you, you do everything on your watch. Oh, hey, by the way, there was another shooting in Billings See? early this morning. Got it on his watch. Got it on his watch. Did you write an article about that uh, yet? Not yet. Yeah. Uh, it'll be done. Yeah. Where was it at? All right, let's see here. Billings PD says at 315 this morning, Okay. Division and Lewis Avenue. Okay. BPD responded to shooting, located a 49-year-old White male victim from Billings who suffered a gunshot wound, transported in critical condition, suspect fled on foot. You know what happened? I know what happened. Okay. He got between a woman and the person serving the coffee. That's (laughs) what happened. That's what happened. Pop a cap in him. Another shooting, huh? You know, it's funny because we talked about that yesterday. On the flakes trip, we know we're going to start our uh, stop bys here, and God, are starting already. Wow, couple weeks, yeah, getting into September. Uh, yeah, I think it's like the. Uh, well, I don't know what day it is. It's like the, the fifth or yeah, probably the eighth. The eighth, that yeah, Thursday pro- stop yeah, by, pro- probably the eighth. And we talked about it yesterday because people, go, God, I'd love to go, but uh, I heard there was a shooting six months ago down in Playa. <laughs> A shooting. Yeah. A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, really? So you're not going to go? Yeah, no, we're going to go to a Cubs game instead. Okay, great. Great. Go yeah. to a Cubs. You know, they're busting a cap on 40 people a weekend there. Well, somebody was on, uh, they have these Facebook pages for billings and like people that are moving to billings will post on there. Hey, I'm moving to town in four or five weeks. Looking for a safe neighborhood to stay in, what side of town should we look in? Mm-hmm. And people use they, they use that as an opportunity to go in there and comment. Billings just had their ninth homicide, and they start don't do it. Go to Shepherd or Roundup and live in this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go up there. You won't get shot, <laughs> but I'll tell you what else could happen right. to you then.
So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And there's always an element. There's always a common element yeah. in these kind of shootings. The police will tell you that. Well, it's two in the morning. First of all, not, I've always heard nothing happens good after 10 p.m. and before you guys get here at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, parts of town that have uh, that used to be wonderful neighborhoods are no longer wonderful neighborhoods. You take that area down by uh, by North Park, uh, up and through that area now, South Side. They're always down in there. Um, places like that. And, uh, and a lot of those neighborhoods have a lot of, uh, elderly that live there cause they've been there forever. Yeah. Uh, I had a woman, I had a woman that I bought some land from years ago and, uh, she lived in Billings for a while and worked in Billings and she lived up when the city was expanding. She was on Avenue F. Which is uh, kind of up there by where the West Park Plaza Center is up there, you know, where oh, Red yeah. Rob and right. Sam and Louise, all yeah. that. That's where our uh, bike night was last night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shooters. Yep. Uh, sh- oh, she's shooters. <laughs> she lives up. She lived up there. She yeah. was on Avenue F and town was expanding. And she had a milk cow. She had a milk cow. And she lived on Avenue F and she had a milk cow. And the city was expanding. And so... They wanted her, since they incorporated her into the city limits, she had to get rid of her milk cow. And she went down to that city council meeting. She was an old, tough, pioneer woman, tough as nails, built ships during the war. Bony fingers. I mean, this this woman was as tough as they come. And she went down there and jumped up and down on the desk of the city council and said I was here first I had this little parcel you incorporated your city around me blah 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 and she laid into them and so they uh they gave her an exemption and she could keep her milk cow as long as she kept her house on Avenue F so she had her milk cow there in her backyard on Avenue F until she passed or she how long ago Oh no she, then she uh, moved out to uh, the oh. Then she got married oh, in the okay. I yeah, she you. got married again back in the fifties and moved out to the ranch. This and and I bought it from her years ago. But, I see. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had a milk cow. Tough, tough pioneer woman. Tough, tough as nails. And uh, but she kept her milk cow. She owned at one point. She owned the entire block of land that was across from. Uh, from St. John's out there on Rimrock Road. Oh yeah, that's out going towards where I live. Yeah. I know what you're talking. Okay, about. you know she owned all she, that across the street, the rim side yeah. of, oh, oh, of, of Rimrock. Yeah. She owned the whole block and she sold it in like 1967. She sold the whole block for 17 grand. Seventeen thousand dollars. Seventeen thousand. Oh. The whole block. There must be 40 houses on there yes. now. The whole block that are all more than a half a million dollar homes, seventeen thousand dollars, yeah, and and thank God for every penny of it. She said, hmm. "So, well, that's why when I look at areas like, um, and I don't, know, I don't know how often you get out to the West End, like Shiloh and Central. There's a couple plots there that I'm wondering whoever owns those are just hanging on for. They they have like material sitting there, like they've got some trucks, but there's mm-hmm. I don't ever see it." developed 
I love uh, I love old stories like that from the older folks. And uh, she died about five years ago. And uh, and uh, boy, I cried at her. I, I don't cry at many funerals. I didn't even cry at my dad's funeral. I cried at her funeral. I just what was it? Just some of the stories they were telling well, you? No, you know, I we had uh, we had bonded with her so much, yeah. And uh, her family was gone, so we kind of brought her into ours, and and I stopped and saw her almost every day. And uh, her son even came up from the funeral from California and told me, he goes, Paul, he goes, Ma loved you more than she loved me. And I said, Well, good. Tough, <laughs> tough women. Yeah, tough women. Um, went out and built ships, welded during World War II, put them back together. They'd bring she them Rosie in. Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, she was, she, well, she was a welder, and yeah. they, they, they'd blow them up and bring them back in out there in Washington, and she'd weld them back up, patch them up. Tons of great stories. Taught, she met a, a naval captain out there while she was working in the shipyards, and Used to see him every once in a while, came in, and their ship would get damaged, and they'd bring it in, and they'd weld it up and send it back out right away, yeah. you know, and, and uh, things were different during the war. I mean, it was was different than we do things now, and one day, uh, she was in Washington there, and her and her girlfriend were walking around the street, and they ran into that captain, and she goes, I didn't know you were in town. I didn't see your ship. How come your ship's not in here? He says, it's in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> they used to go to dances and charge the sailors that came in 10 cents a dance. Per, per dance? Per dance. 10 cents a dance. Some guys would give them a dollar right away and for 10 dances. And they'd, they'd earn money that way, 10 cents a dance, because they just wanted, yeah. you know, God, look what they were doing out there. Yeah. They needed to escape, 10 sure. cents a dance. And and I'll tell you another story. I, I just love these, these yeah. uh, tough pioneer women stories. She, um, she had a husband that was really abusive, and she told me about this, and... Uh, had her first kid with him and everything, and uh, he was in the war, and he came back, and she said he was kind of messed up. You know, they didn't know back then what P- they... Yeah, PTSD, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 they diagnosed Those guys were on, they were on their own. Yeah, yeah. And they saw some some horrible things. Yeah. But still, it's, it's no excuse. Yeah. And um, she was, you know, she was tough. And uh, she um, she was married to this guy couple years and and uh he used to he used to beat her up and uh she was home one night and he came home and he was all drunked up and he was starting to yell at her and she said i i knew what was going to happen and she (laughs) she said he came after me and she goes you know what this isn't going to happen anymore and he came after her and she said, I made a fist and she goes, I swung and she goes, I hit him so hard. I thought I killed him. And he, he got up off the floor and he looked at her and he was holding the side of his jaw and he says, Oh my gosh, why did you even do that? Oh, you could have killed me. And just, and she looked at me and she said, you know what? She goes, if I'd have known he was such a chicken crap, she said, I would have hit him five years before that and been done with it. And that was the end of that. Then he left. Huh. Then he left. Then he walked out. Mm Mm-hmm. 
14, she was 14 years old. And they had a place uh, kind of out by Shepherd down that way. And uh, they raised beets. She had about six kids in her family. They raised beets. And she dropped out of school in eighth grade. And I asked her why. She said, because I sold my horse. There was a guy that wanted her horse. And so she sold it to him. And since she sold her horse, she quit at, at eighth grade. She used to ride it to school. So she couldn't get to school because she sold her yeah, horse. She so. sold her horse, so she quit. But anyway, her brother... Her brother had a brand new bike. She was about 13 or 14 years old. Her brother had a brand new bike and her dad's brother came over to visit one night and he was all drunked up, you know, and was being funny and everything and took her brother's bike from him and rode it around and broke it, broke the pedal off of it or something. And and it made her really mad. So she went up and she kicked this guy in the leg as hard as she could because he, (laughs) he broke her brother's bike and her dad... Her dad then saw it, and he came after her with a stick. He was going to give her a whooping because mm-hmm. you just don't go kicking adults Gotta like switch that. Out. And yep. she ran and ran and ran, and she jumped across the big ditch, the irrigation ditch. She jumped across it. Well, her dad was a little short guy. Couldn't and, get there. And he couldn't jump across the big <laughs> ditch, and she stayed away from the house. She stayed with her aunt. She stayed away for three days. Before she went back home, let him cool down. Let him cool down a little bit. Smart. I mean, just some, just, yeah. just good, you know, tough, tougher times back then. Different times. You wish there was the technology to record what was happening back then. That's one thing about now. Everything's recorded. So mm. there'll always be a, a history of yeah. what went on. I'd love, like, podcasts. Know, my, yeah. yeah. I'd love to have a podcast. My, you know, my grandma was mm. the, Mother of 17, 18 kids, 17 mm. that were alive, and just to hear, you know, some of the stories from back then. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. No firewood. Yeah. Everybody got an or like for Christmas, my mom would get an orange. All the kids would get an orange. That mm-hmm. would be their Christmas present. Yeah. By the way, don't grab the orange uh, downstairs in the free fruit selection here at the hotel. Uh, they that a that ru- fruit looks awful. Awful. Rather eat the plastic fruit than that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Old timers. Old timers. Very appreciative. My dad was an old timer. My yeah. dad had been a hundred if he was still alive right now. But and uh I think I told I think I told this story once before. Um about my dad. It was getting towards the end of the war, and uh I for, I forget where they were, France, maybe. Somewhere over there. Are you a drink-slinging, food-serving expert? Then the Blue Cat Bar and Grill wants to talk to you. If you're an experienced bartender that doesn't drink on shift, great in the kitchen, a team player, and can think on your feet, this is the job for you. There's day, night, and weekend shifts available. The Blue Cat Bar and Grill, small-town hospitality that feels like home. It's a lot like being at Cheers. Apply today at the Blue Cat Bar and Grill, 139 Northern Avenue in Huntley. Ask for Pam or Randy. And uh, they had found an old attic above, uh, down by one of their barracks. And so they asked their commanding officer if him and his buddy could move upstairs into the top of that attic. said, yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with that. So they moved their bunks and stuff up there. And they kind of had like their own little apartment in the top of this attic. Well, guys, back then, you know, um, they, 
you know, getting your laundry done and things like that, that it was a pain. Yeah. And uh, my dad, my dad found. Uh, uh, well, the the story the story started one one weekend during harvest. He was out here for harvest, and and my dad had an orange every every morning for breakfast. And he had, didn't he have a bowl of ice cream every night? Is uh, that ice cream of, every yeah, night? Yeah. But he he had an orange every day for breakfast. Okay. Every, right. every every day. morning he would peel an orange. Just about there were very few mornings in his ninety nine almost years that that he didn't have an orange from the war on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they had this barracks, and they had to get their laundry done. And they found some French woman uh, in one of these towns in France. And so him and his buddy used to take their uh, their uh, dress shirts and stuff down there, and she would she would wash them and uh, do their laundry for them. And so um, one of one of the last times they did it, um, and those people, you know. Their, their whole area had been devastated by the war. It had been bombed out. They were living in these little shanties and all these kind of shacks and stuff. And uh, so my dad, uh, one time they went down to pick up her shirts. And uh, my dad took two oranges from their mess hall. Beautiful, fresh, bright orange oranges from the mess hall. And he put them in his pocket and they went down to pick up the laundry. And uh, this French woman could hardly speak any any English. And my dad pulled these two oranges out of his pocket and he gave them to this little French woman. And he said she grabbed those oranges in both of her hands and she just kind of stared at both the oranges. And then she just she kind of slowly looked up at my dad and she was just crying. She they hadn't had anything like that for years. And my dad gave her just just gave her these two Two oranges and it uh, it just brightened her her look, uh, her smile, and everything. And my dad said, from that day on, he goes, I I have an orange every day to remind me how appreciative and grateful I should be for the things that we have. Yeah. And I went, whoa, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there because I didn't get enough crunch berries in my Captain Crunch. I thought I got shortchanged, you know. And uh but different different generation, different different people, different way of life. That's why things like this this student loan this, Well, I thought folks, about that. I'm like, is Paul gonna get forty grand now for each child that this, he's paid off? This student loan payout bribe is one of the most ridiculous things i've ever have ever seen in my life this administration folks is so bass backwards of what they do it's crazy it's absolutely crazy the right hand the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing in this administration all except for one thing they know how to they know how to bribe people they know how to buy people out they know how to uh they know how to use the power of the U.S. Treasury to get votes. And it makes no sense whatsoever. Can you imagine Can you imagine what the people folks would say, like my dad or Hilda, the woman I was just talking about, if, if you would tell them that, these, that 43 million people have borrowed $1.6 trillion from the U.S. government, borrowed it, and now Joe Biden is announcing that they don't have to pay it back. They don't have to pay. They don't have to pay it back. 
And so who pays it? You pay it. You've paid it. See, what happens is the government collects your taxes. They have a big pile of money back there. And what they've done is decided to take a bunch of that money when they passed this deal many, many years ago to take some of that tax money and they would loan it to kids going to college and then they would pay it back with some interest of the U.S. government. So they're borrowing the money that we have all sent into the U.S. government. Now they're going to forgive that. They're going to forgive that money. So who paid for that? You folks and I. We all paid for that. That was our money that we sent into them that they loaned out and are now forgiving. So somebody has to pay that debt. We do. So we picked up the tab for that. People don't understand that. People didn't go to college. They're paying for it. People who did go to college and paid for college, they're paying for it. Everybody's paying for it. And get this. If you're single and you make $125,000 a year, you can get $10,000. If you got a Pell Grant, you get twenty. Combined income, you're married maybe, you and your spouse, you could be making together a quarter million dollars a year. Quarter million dollars and you're going to get your money back. Quarter million dollars a year. Now, what if somebody paid their student loan off as of June 1st of this year or July 22nd of this year? Guess what you get back? Nothing. Just think of that. I finally just got my student loans paid last month. And you did gonna, the responsible thing and paid it off, and now you get nothing. 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 That's why college tuition is so high, because the government guaranteed the people who borrowed the money, the money, no matter what the cost. And colleges aren't stupid. So they raise their tuition. They raise their teacher salaries because they can get the money from the government. And now the government is going to forgive that money. The government could have done a lot of things if they wanted to keep it fair. The government could have gave everybody in the United States $10,000 back off their federal income taxes. They could have give it back that way. This is so stupid. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. So what are all these people, folks? What are these 40 million people who are eligible, who are going to get this money? What are they going to do with that $10,000? Well, they're going to spend it. And what happens when you have a major influx of $300 billion into the economy? You're going to get inflation. They just passed an Inflation Reduction Act to try to reduce inflation. Now Joe Biden's going to put out $300 billion in the economy, put it in the hands of people who weren't responsible enough yet to pay their loan back, who are going to end up at the Rocking R Bar in Bozeman. And they're going to spend it, so it's going to add to inflation. So what they do with the Inflation Reduction Act? He said that that act is going to reduce our deficit by $300 billion. He just spent $300 billion. And he doesn't have the authority to do it. Appropriating money like that cannot be done by anybody but Congress. Congress has the sole power to appropriate money. That's it. Just Congress. He doesn't have the authority to do it. That's the congressional branch. That's the legislative branch. That's what they do. The president doesn't do that. And for good reasons, this is one of them. He doesn't do that. So that could be challenged. But then again, look at all the things that he does that goes against things in the Constitution. Open border policy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, not protecting our judges, all of these things that are all guaranteed by the Constitution and protected 
He can't spend money. He can't allocate funds. All of that kind of stuff. Unless of a time of great emergency, um, like the War Defense Powers Act, things like that. And so, so he's going to give that money back, folks. 40 million people could possibly be eligible to get that money back. He's going to give that money back. Now, the Freedom Reduction Act that they just passed, what are they going to do there? Well, now they're going to spend... They're going to spend $80 billion, $80 billion, to hire 87,000 new IRS agents to come after everybody in the country that may owe the government $500 or $1,000 that you missed on your income taxes. So they're spending $80 billion and hiring 87000 to go after you to reclaim the money that you owe the government. So what are they doing? To the 43 million people that owe the government $1.6 trillion to reclaim it, they're forgiving it. Forgiving $10,000 to $20,000 in loans. Does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense at all. None. Zero. Not one. Supporters say it's a matter of racial justice. Racial justice has nothing to do with borrowing money. Nothing. Not one thing. They're trying to make it that issue. Average student loan debt? Depends. The average black borrower had $53,000 in student loan debt. $53,000. And why? Well, look, when you have endless pools of money, colleges raise their tuitions. They would get it guaranteed. And you know what? Here's another problem with this whole program that they started. There's no accountability or no responsibility tied to the money that they're loaned. They give them a big pool of money. They give them a big check. And then it's up to it's up to the 19-year-old or 20-year-old college student to use it wisely. Hmm? Talk about putting the kid in charge of the candy store to use it wisely. I thought that, and again, I don't have my, I was blessed that my mom and dad started saving when I was born. So when I, if I did need the money to go to college, I would have it there whenever I graduated, but I went to a junior college. So everything was taken care of, but I, so I've never had loans, but didn't they suspend having to pay for any of your college loans during the pandemic. But isn't that still going on now? Yeah, they extended it now through so the first... So people haven't been paying for it anyway. No, no. So will they get all their 10K back? If yeah. They're- yeah. Yep. They're buying them. They're buying them out. With your money. You folks just paid... You Your folks are paying for their college. They, they don't... They just borrow money from you and they don't have to pay you back. No other loans in the country are being forgiven. Just those... When you're looking for the perfect location to host your special event, your first choice should be the Roadside Event Center. They offer a rustic and charming atmosphere and are an exceptional choice for weddings, reunions, graduation parties, anniversaries, and corporate events. Whether it's a cozy indoor party or an outdoor event, the Roadside Event Center can accommodate and they have a covered patio and a fully stocked bar. Check out Huntley's premier event center at roadsideeventcenter.com. That's R-H-O-A-D roadsideeventcenter.com A lot of people pick these bogus degrees and can't make any money anyway. When I think about uh, the money that I shelled out for all four of my kids, what it deprived me of, sure, I would have liked to have a new piece of farm equipment or something, but I had four kids in college. Four. Four kids. 
The only loans my kids got were when they went into a graduate study course. Uh, I gave them all the tools necessary early to get through. Right. And then if they decided, like Mallory, she went and she borrowed some money to get a master's degree for her job down at the Mayo Clinic, things like that, that was on her. Jake went to medical school. Only they do it more responsibly. Now, in medical school, in medical school, they didn't give him $375,000 check and say, okay, here's your student loan, like our stupid-ass U.S. government does. They allocate it as you need it, and it protects the students that are in the programs. In other words, um, my tuition is uh, $20,000, then they allocate you the 20000 Or, okay, my rent is $1,100 a month, then they allocate you for the rent. Or I have to take these tests. You know, when you, you're a doctor, you have to constantly take all of these tests as you go. And, and these tests cost, you know, $1,500 a test. Yeah. And then they allocate it. They don't, just don't give a 19 and 20-year-old a debit card and go whatever you want. A student <clears throat> loan like they do. And then... Yeah. Folks, how do you think all of those kids, millions of them, how do you think they end up at Daytona Beach or someplace like that for spring break? But they need time to unwind, Paul. <laughs> it costs money. Yeah. Sure, there's a lot of there's a lot of parents out there that will do it uh for them. I get it. Uh stupid, but yeah. you know, they're your kids, do what you want. Well, the universe, or, did you, you see the University of Texas at Austin offering a new class this fall all about the musical icon Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's the kind of courses you're yeah. talking about. Right. And so you got a degree in Taylor Swift. <laughs> then what do you do? And I can't pay my loan back. But they got they got an I-13 or whatever you call it. Right. And things like that. It's bogus. It's illegal. Uh I, I wish we had somebody in Congress that had the, a set that would challenge us, take it to the court, and uh, challenge his authority to do that because he doesn't have the authority in the executive branch to spend that kind of money without congressional approval. It has to go through Pelosi in the House first, then it has to go through the Senate. You know how it works. You just can't start doling out $300 billion there, $300 billion here, the special groups that you know could give you a boost during the upcoming election. And there's people, folks, that are protesting and they're raising hell about it because he's not wiping it all out. They think it should all be wiped. They borrowed $53,000 on average and they think they should not have to pay it back. Boy, folks, are they in a rude awakening when they meet somebody called life, <laughs> aren't they? Yes, they are. Look at the lesson we're teaching. Look at that lesson. You don't pay it back? Don't worry. We'll give you a $10,000 bonus. Borrow more than you need. Don't be fiscally responsible. Well, we had the discussion yesterday with the Metro Park officials. Uh, and I, I questioned them. You know, they're going through this privatization. In fact, I wrote a thing about it yesterday. I'll have to look and see if there were some comments. But um, since Metro Park has been there, they have never, never made a profit. Never since they have been there. Folks, the facility is paid for. They don't own a dime on anything at Metro Park. It's not, it's paid for, paid for. So not only, not only do they get 
nine to ten million dollars of your tax dollars. Not only do they get that, but you got to remember too, they also get all the revenue and profit from the events. So you got to add that into play, unless they're losing on all those events, of which they shouldn't be. So you add that. So say they're, um, say with all the concerts, all the fairs, all the rodeos, all the everything, all the rents, all the special, you know, Cisco has a banquet, you know, the dog kennel people or whoever it is comes in there, blah, blah, blah. Say they, say they have a total revenue with taxpayer dollars of 15 million. Let's just do it for the sake of the conversation. It still loses money. So look at the expenses. Utilities, insurance, upkeep, labor. All right. Those are the really four expenses they have. Um, And they lose money. They get nine to 10 million of tax. I don't know how much revenue they bring in from all the events. It wouldn't be fair to guess. I'm just used 15, though, just for the hell of it. And they still cannot make a nickel. They lose money after all those events. So, uh, to me, that means we need to refocus. We need to remanage. We need to think of something different. We keep throwing money down the hole. Uh, well, they had some of the mayors in from these other communities, like Sioux Falls, I think. Yeah, where they, yeah, had, they, had, that, they had the managers in where yeah. they had private, uh, where they have private management. Talked about it, so that's what they're that's what they're looking at. And if private, and I asked the question yesterday, and they didn't really have an answer because I I asked uh, Tim and John. I said, look. What if a private management comes in and they take over all the operational cost of that facility? What if they take over utilities, labor, uh, upkeep, insurance, all of that for the facility? Pay all of that. And and it's bonded, which means it's guaranteed to the, this county. Then what? Mm. They didn't have an answer. See? And... And if you use their thinking about what well, brings in a hundred million plus dollars every year to the economy, it's still going to bring in then that hundred million dollars plus to the economy without a nickel of taxpayer money going into it. That's something to think about. Yeah. Because if we have, if the county has no expenses, folks, if they have no expenses of running that facility, then they should not charge for that facility. They should not charge you on your taxes. If a private management company is paying for all that nine to ten million dollars worth of cost that your tax dollars are paying, if they're going to pay all of that, then you shouldn't have to pay that on your taxes. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, next week, next Wednesday, uh, we're going to have uh, Don Jones and somebody else in. They know a little bit more, I think, about the private management side of it than. John and Tim did, and because uh, we're we're gonna get that perspective too yeah. to see what goes on there. But and like I wrote yesterday, you know, you you uh, in these times, the way we are now, and the way governments spend. Look at as of like yesterday with Biden, like a bunch of drunk sailors. We we now are to the point we have to prioritize. We have to trim. We have to become more vigilant in our spending practices, our budget, all of those kind of things, because people have been extended to the point where they have said no more. Look, the mill levies didn't pass. You you can't be taking 50% total of people's income of everything they earn away for all of these other frivolous things. 
You just can't anymore. And they keep going to the well and going to the well and spending and spending and spending, and it's catching up with us. And those things definitely have to uh, have to be looked. And like I said in my article, too, we have to prioritize. I mean, really, what's more important, a big recreational venue like that? Or do we need more incarceration in policemen on the streets here? Another shooting last night again. Yeah. We can't put them in the detention facility. It's full. So, but these rogue people out there like that, that just this money and spending, they never have lived through the tough times like the two people we talked about starting this conversation this morning that know what it's like when things crash and when things are bad. And you may not think it could ever happen to us again, but it could. All those little things that you have in your accounts, those are all just numbers. They're all just numbers is all they are. You don't have, unless you have a little gold, little silver, some cash laying around. Those are just. Buried in your ranch. <laughs> yeah, those, those, are just, those are just numbers. Yeah, you're right. So what happens if the big guy says, well, I know you had a little number there, but that number is no longer there. Then what do you do? Well, no, that's not true because I can go to my phone and I can Venmo from here over to a supermarket with that. Sorry. What's good? What happens? That's when you start using your cryptocurrency. Yeah. Use your, <laughs> use your Bitcoin. Use your Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Go buy some feed with Bitcoin. This kind of stuff that Joe Biden did yesterday and uh, how governments run now is, is, is deadly to the economy of America. And things have to change, folks. You've always you've always known my top three. My top three, the security and safety of America and our people. Um, number two, fiscal responsibility with balanced budgets. And number three, restoring the individual liberties and freedoms of Americans. One, two, and three. One, two, and three. And uh, we have to get back back to the basics here. And there's going to have to be some tough decisions made. And the one they made yesterday on student loans was a bad, bad decision. So, well, Mark's out contemplating all of it on the golf course today. Well, he knows I'm worrying about <laughs> That's it. That's right. You got that. Hey, covered. Paul's got it. Yeah, Paul's got it. Mark's thinking right now. Mark's thinking right now. God, I wonder if I go with a seven or an eight here. Uh, yes. That's what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So, the Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill next to the Roadside Event Center in Hudley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at.